Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. I want you to gather around the table of the Lord this morning. I have an expectancy in my spirit today. I believe God has a word for all of us, a word of hope that we all need desperately moving forward in the days to come. I'm so thankful that God has brought us to this point. He's going to carry us even further. I like to say that we've all been at ground zero, and that's, that's where we are. We're learning new things. We're adaptable, and we're moving forward, touching lives in His name. But I really believe we're turning the corner in this COVID-19 crisis uh, because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and we've been getting our faith increased because we're still continuing to meet like we are this morning. We're meeting virtually, but now virtual happens to be reality. And so this is our way of coming together, and we are so glad you are worshiping with us and for our Cornerstone worship service today. I don't know where you're worshiping with us from, you might want to type in the comments if you're on the social media that allows you to interact with us. Just type in, let us know where you are today, because wherever you are, we're going to be sending uh, a prayer your way today. We're going to be coming together and agreeing together in prayer. Now, I don't know um, what you're sensing about um, what we're learning as we're moving through this, but one of my life verses has been Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and them who are called according to His purpose. I like that one a lot. So I want to encourage you, read Romans 8, 28. If you don't know it by heart, that's a great memory verse. Uh, I still memorize scripture after all these years because uh, thy word have I hid in my heart, right? That I might not transgress thy ways. And um, I really uh, today am very privileged and I want to give honor to our Bishop Michael Pitts and Pastor Kathy Pitts. Thank you guys so much for your leadership in our lives. It is invaluable. And also to our campus pastors, Phil and Meredith Ryburn. I just honor you so much today and all of the team who, uh, all of you guys, I'm watching, I'm seeing everything you're doing, how you're touching your region and touching lives in his name. That is so awesome. My name is Jana Alcorn and I serve the Cornerstone Global Network. And as you can see, we are not in our sanctuaries this morning, and I am not in a professional studio. Uh, like I said, I'm at ground zero. I'm in my office, but I believe that from this tiny spot, God wants me to bring a word of hope to everyone, and I'm so, so honored that you uh, are with us today. We also have an online campus pastor, so if you have special needs, be sure to make us aware of that so our online campus pastor can reach out to you as well. I'm going to be speaking uh, today for just a few minutes, uh, but I feel a prophetic anointing upon this message. And so I'm, I'm excited to pray with and for all of you today. I, I believe that years ago, God gave me a weapon and that weapon is hope. And I just want every one of you to take that as your own weapon today. And I want you to say, hope is my weapon. In fact, you can type that in. You can tell somebody in your room right now, if you're alone, just say it out loud. Hope 
is my weapon. I need to get some amens on that one. You can touch someone if you're not social distancing in your own area there and just say, hope is my weapon. So I, I want you to take that because I feel that like a prophetic word that God has given us all a new hope as we move forward. Just a few weeks ago, we were all coming into what some were calling the Roaring Twenties. Remember that? And it was January and we were so excited to enter a brand new year, 2020. And then somebody said uh, March came in like a roaring lion. And with that, what looked like was our hopes building actually turned into hopes falling. And it looked like what was hope coming together was now hope falling apart. And I don't know about you, but I've been there when my hope fell apart and my life fell apart and it looked like all hope was lost. But, but today I want to talk about when hope comes together, when hope comes together. We're, we're winding down in this challenge around our beautiful world. And I believe God is putting a new commissioning in his servants and his people that want to be his ambassadors of hope because hope is coming back together. God said in Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I do a new thing. And in the Hebrew, the word new, guess what? It actually means new. And, and when I look back at, at the things that God is doing, I understand when God said, I do a new thing, it doesn't mean an old thing patched up and made to look new, but it actually means something fresh. It means something not found before on the scene. And it means recently discovered. And I, I feel that like a prophetic word that you're going to have some discoveries out of this challenge that we've been through because it's a, it's a new wine skin and it's a new day and there's new hope. In fact, the Bible calls God the God of all hope in Romans 15, 13. It doesn't call him the God of all faith. It calls him the God of all hope because hope is the runway that enables the plane of faith to take flight. Hope is the runway. I need some amens right there. Hope is the runway enabling the plane of faith to take flight. Hope is not a Christian wish, but it's confident expectation based on the nature and the character of God. And I know you've been suffering and I know you've been through this time of challenge. We're all suffering to some degree, some more than others. But I believe that this God of hope is infusing us with a brand new hope for the days to come. God is a restorer. He's a way maker. One of my favorite quotes is a secular quote from Winston Churchill. He said, the future will be kind to me because I intend to write it. We're coming out of this time of isolation and we're going to be able to write a different story on the other side of this. I don't understand why things happen in this life the way they do. I've got to tell you that. That's above my grade, beloved. Things happen to us that absolutely knock us off of our feet. I remember the day we buried my husband that night. My little boy and I were kneeling to pray, and he said, Mom, I wish I could die because that's the only way I can see Dad. And I just summons the Holy Spirit to help me, please. And I said to our little boy, Honey, we don't understand why things happen in this life the way they do, but for some reason, Dad's purpose is in 
heaven now, but ours is still here on the earth. And I feel that for so many of you, that we don't understand why things happen the way they do. But as long as we are breathing, God has a future and a hope for every single one of us. So, so no matter where you are right now in life, right now from this place, God is going to get glory if you just give it all to him. Now, I, I'm going to pray for you in just a few minutes, so I want you to get ready because I'm already sensing the expectancy of the Holy Spirit for what God is going to do in our time of prayer together. I want to give you a few principles from the life of Peter. I take these mainly from Luke chapter 5, but all through Luke's gospel. In Luke 5, Jesus begins to call out those people that he would send on missions and assignments, and he began to call one named Peter or some Simon Peter or Simon Simon or Peter. Simon was kind of the natural carnal name. And then Peter was that strong, you're a rock name. But in Luke 5, 10, Jesus said to Simon, and I feel this for so many of you, do not be afraid. And then he said, from now on or after this, you will catch men or I have an assignment for you. Beloved, there are assignments that God has for you in the days to come. Jesus was telling Peter, you have a new day and you have a new hope. He said, Peter, your future is calling you into a new day and into a new hope. And don't worry about missing your destiny because your destiny is not going anywhere without you. God didn't just dream up something for you to do because we went through a global pandemic. God said, I have never lost control. I've never lost touch with my heart for people. And I am going to see you all the way through to the other side. In fact, in Ephesians 1.4, the Bible said that God has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Think about that. And then in John 15, 16, he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and work in the assignment that I've called for you. And now the chosen must choose. Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day whom you will serve. There's new hope and a new day and hope is coming together. And I want to talk about that for the next few minutes when hope comes together. We have a story written by God. It weaves its way all the way from Genesis to Malachi and from Matthew to Revelation. It's the story of redemption. And beloved, all of us are in the story of God. In Psalms chapter 90 and verse 9, we spend our years as a tale that is told. In other words, God gave us a clue in the Old Testament. I'm a writer, God said. And in the New Testament, he is called the author of our faith, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that in this story that we have an editor who knows how to splice and dice and cut and duck, and he factors everything in in our God story, just like he did for Peter. And sometimes God makes us very uncomfortable before we move into our assignment. In Luke's gospel, Jesus began to call and you know what he called Matthew a tax collector. Now, I would never have called Matthew. Matthew probably 
took more than he gave. And then he called Peter. We would not have called Peter because Peter always spoke before he thought. He had that foot in his mouth all the time. But God had plans for Peter, and God knew Peter's shortcomings. In fact, everywhere the 12 disciples are mentioned in the New Testament, Peter is always first because Jesus saw beyond his imperfections and he saw beyond his failures and he saw beyond everything Peter was going to do that was wrong because God puts value on us. Even before we chose God, God chose us. And God chooses people that the church would never choose. I wouldn't choose me if I were God. But God said, I choose the foolish things to confound the wise. Would you have chosen a stammering Moses? to be the spokesperson for God? Would you have chosen a shepherd boy named David to be the king of Israel? Would you have chosen a bug eater like John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus? And would you have chosen a converted prostitute named Mary to preach the resurrection? I'm telling you, God has bounce back stories for every single one of us. Listen, do not put a period where God puts a comma. I'm going to say that again. Do not put a period where God puts a comma. I got so excited, I almost fell off my stool. Do not put a period where God has put a comma. Oh, I feel that. You know, some, some things are just pauses, in our life, there, there are just times where God is saying, you know, you've been pushing the play, you've been pushing the fast forward, but I'm just going to push the pause button because I want to work a work. I'm going to do something. He's the author of our story. He had his eye on Peter and on you before Peter's hands unwebbed in his mother's womb and before your mother and father kissed in the backseat of a pickup truck. God had his eye on you. When God made man in Genesis, he gave man four perimeters, relationships. He gave him the perimeter of an assignment, divine fellowship, and dominion. These are four perimeters. Why don't somebody write that down to help us out? He gave him relationships. He gave him assignments. He gave him divine intimacy or divine fellowship, and he gave him dominion. And let me tell you, God has never changed his mind. He said, Peter, there's four areas I have for you. I've got the relationships. I've got the assignment. I've got the divine fellowship, and I've got dominion for you. But first, I have to shape you. It's like God is the architect. He puts the sign out, and he says, coming soon. And then he backs up and digs the first hole with a shovel. God said, I have to transform you. I have to shape you. I have to take you and make you into a person that what is happening in you becomes more important than what is happening around you. And Peter was chosen to follow Jesus. And then we know the knocks and the bruises. Peter failed. Let's face it. Failure is frustrating. Failure is devastating. Failure is embarrassing. Failure is shameful. But we have to redefine the failures of our life like Peter did. Failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And it's not if we fail, beloved, it's when we fail, but we don't fail backward. We fell forward into the arms of God. And I like to say it like this. That's when hope comes together. When you realize 
that underneath are those everlasting arms. Let me tell you a few things. Jesus knows who will fail him. In Luke 22, 31 through 34, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you and to sift you as sweet, but I have, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you are converted or when you turn or when hope comes back together, I want you to strengthen other people. And I believe that's a word for many of you. When hope comes back together, and, and he said, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter said, not me, Lord. You know, I'm the valedictorian of the spiritual class. Not me. Uh-uh, not me. Somebody else will. But listen, we don't always know what's in our future. One phone call, one email, one anything can change your life. That's what happened to the Alcorn family. One phone call changed our life forever, beloved. But let me tell you, hope fell apart. But I've lived long enough to tell you that the God of hope is a restoring God. And like Job 42.10, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Double is knocking at your door, family. God's restoring and he's giving you double. All things work together for good. The second thing is even the best fell us. Peter was at the top of the list. He would go on. He even wrote books of the Bible. I believe that hope is coming back together again. And we know that in Luke 22, Peter denied Jesus three times and he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter, he was sorry for hurting God. He was sorry for what had happened. He was repentant. Once our son did something he shouldn't have done and I was going to correct him in that old-fashioned way like my mama did me. And I went to my late husband and I said, here's what he did. And I think he should, you know, be corrected. And my late husband said, now just a minute, said, was he sorry? Said, was he repentant? I said, oh, yes, he cried. He said, I'm sorry. And my late husband said, well, just, just let him slide. Listen, there's some things that God is saying. I've seen your tears. I hear you. I know. I see you like Peter out there. He went out and he wept bitterly. And for you that have that heart, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, your hope is coming back together. The deal is still on. 2 Timothy 2.13, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. And then friendship with Jesus equals the greatest strength you will ever know. Peter had to say goodbye to his best friend. His best friend was Jesus. You know what happened. After Peter's denial and Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection, Peter went back to his old fishing business. And then Jesus appeared and ate breakfast. I don't know that he had bacon, but oh, I would have had bacon. <laughs> if I'd have been Jesus, I would have had me a bacon and biscuit. But Jesus came back. He ate breakfast with them. And then there's Peter. He looked over at Peter. He said, Peter, I'm not going to ask you how your financials were this month. I'm not going to ask you what kind of fishing boat you have. But he said, there's one thing I need to know. Peter, do you love me? Listen, family, if you can just tell God I love you, I hear him saying back, I'll work with that. That's what I'll work with. I don't know what you've lost or what you've done or what has happened. or We've all strayed from the path. I don't know what has gone on or gone wrong. But if you can just say to God today, Lord, I, I still love you. I'm in. I don't know how much I love you, but I'm willing to put some skin in the game. I believe hope is coming back together. Do you love me? God knows our future. In other words, he was saying, Peter, it's not about... What is next? 
but it's about who you are becoming in the process. It's not the what, it's the who. It's not what is next, it's who is next. It's not what is coming, but who am I becoming in a trial, in a challenge, in this process. Jesus went up, and we know what happened. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved. His hope came back together. Now, I'm getting ready to pray for you. Let me give you three words. Number one, evaluate. Are you learning the lessons the Holy Spirit wants you to learn? Have I gotten comfortable in this season, or is it time for me to get uncomfortable so that I can move forward and embrace another season? You see, things happen in seasons in our life, and every season is designed to bring forth a specific fruit. Do we really want the new? We have to evaluate the new. It's hard sometimes because Luke 5 says when you're getting the new wine and the new wineskins that no one wants the new for they say the old is better. We romanticize about the new moves of God, but truthfully, it requires us getting very uncomfortable. We have to get on the map of God's agenda. We have to stay steady. We have to be who God made us to be. We have to have courage when we evaluate. I may be weak, but he is strong. I may be foolish, but he is wise. I may be blind, but he can see. I may not know, but he knows everything. I may not hear, but God is a speaking God. I may not feel him, but God is everywhere present. The second thing we have to eliminate, we're going to leave some things behind. We're going to leave some attitudes, some insecurities, some competition, some excuses, some old patterns. We're going to leave some things behind because hope is coming together again. And God's giving us a brand new hope for a brand new day. We have to eliminate some things. And I'm not talking about haters. Some of you have marked people as haters, and you shouldn't be doing that. because Just because God put a relationship on pause does not mean because people are immature that they're wicked. you got to believe God's going to restore some relationships in this season. Don't burn bridges because the kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationships. And he told Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, and I want you to learn to navigate relationships relationships in this coming season. And the last thing before I pray is elevate. And here's what I want you to do. As we get ready to pray, the worship team is coming. The Holy Spirit is moving. I want you to put your hands out in a receiving position. I want you to put your hands out in a receiving position. And I want you to get ready and say, God, my hope is coming back together. I thank you, God of hope. I am evaluating, I'm eliminating, and I'm elevating into the destiny that you have. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, come up hither, come up higher, elevate. I'm moving you up. I'm giving you a new vision. I'm giving you a new perspective. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our minds have been changed to repentance. Our hearts have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And yes, our hands are now clean. Now for everyone that has wandered off the path 
and you want to get back in right relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and brings us into right relationship with God. After this day, empower me with the Holy Spirit and I will follow you for the rest of my life. Amen. God bless you. We love you. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.